there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And this week we're back on Disney. Yes, the mouse that runs the house. Oh God. Uh, We are still on the golden era of Disney. However, I think... This time we watched uh, a slightly better movie slightly. of the Golden Era. Um, a movie that has been quite the talk of the town this past year in 2022. There's been quite a few movies of this particular character. We're talking about Pinocchio, <laughs> released ah. in 1940. Which apparently had two remakes this year, which I did not know. I knew the one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a trip. So... <laughs> Uh, there have been a lot of Pinocchio remakes and such over the years, but we will talk about that. This is the second Disney animated movie ever. Uh, it was entered into the National Film Registry in 1994. And this is the start of the financial problems within the Golden Era because, you know, World War II is a thing around this time. Really? Oh, no. Yes. So uh, the budget for this film was about two and a half million dollars. And it basically, when it was released, made about half of that because the war and its aftermath, it cut off a lot of the European and Asian market. So when you talk about this movie and another pretty well-known Disney film called Fantasia, these are two golden era movies that really kind of tanked the Disney company in a big bad way, which is why during the war they had to lower their budget quite a bit and put out some shorter sort of warish propaganda and more relief propaganda type things oh is that where donald started making weapons is that the short i think that's a thing that exists yeah but i was talking more about the one with the three caballeros in it Ah, and all that stuff yeah so that came out around that time and then movies like dumbo were released which if you compare i know but when you compare movies like this that are pretty as far as hand-drawn animation goes back in the day, they're pretty sophisticated in the animation, in the ink and paint department, very sophisticated. And also they have like feature-length running times. But then when you go to Dumbo, it's like an hour long and completely done with watercolor. Basically as a cheaper way to make a Disney movie and recoup some of the costs that were incurred with movies like Pinocchio and Fantasia. <laughs> well, it's funny because watching this, this, is, I think, is leaps and bounds better than Snow White. Just the way everything looks and moves and the animation just flows so much better in the original. Faces look like faces. Faces do look like faces. And they have a whole sequence with a, a whale in the ocean and shit. And that's pretty well done. We didn't particularly love a lot of the music in Snow White. But um, I feel like the music in this movie is a lot better. Yeah, there's only one song in here where I was like, I don't remember this song. Yes, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's the same people, I believe, that did Snow White, that did this music. And like Snow White, it was nominated for score and for original song. However, it won both score and original song for probably the most infamous song in this movie. It became like the iconic introductory song for Disney and it, it's just I kind of even if you don't really like Disney you know what the song is and you probably like it because it's good when you wish upon a star indeed and that's how we open our movie and close it as well it's it's that good guys <laughs> and we also have a cricket who's not really a cricket yes that's true we have Jiminy Cricket of course who also became kind of a narrative character throughout the Disney cartoons throughout the 40s and 50s just based on his role in this movie. Oh, but Ward Kimball who was one of our nine old men that we talked about in our Snow White episode, he was the main animator on Jiminy Cricket and he was quoted as saying that Jiminy is a little man with an egg head and no ears which is, yeah. Yeah. He's a little, I, I said like a grape. He looks like a little grape he does look with like, a hat on. <laughs> he does look like a little grape. He is also a vagabond. Yes, in the beginning of the movie, yes. Scott, just overall, how, how did you feel about this movie you were watching it? Did it hold up for you? Did, were you bored? Were you as bored as you were with Snow White? No, surprisingly. Again, 
it, there's a lot more physicality here. There's a lot more uh, yucks to be had, I feel like. Yeah. At very few points do I feel like the movie just grinds to a halt. Yeah, I think for the most part, it went really well as far as the pacing. But then when it got to the end sequence, everything from after Pleasure Island through to the end, like basically all the stuff in Monstro, the whale, while it was really nicely animated... It just felt like it stretched on for a little too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Pleasure Island still... Pleasure Island is still pretty heavy, yeah. Pleasure Island fucked my shit up as a kid. Yeah. And it's still... Even watching it now, I'm still like... Ugh. Now I'm... I don't remember ever being, like, scared by Pinocchio. I was more scared of Snow White, like I said last time when we talked Disney, in, like, the Snow White forest sequence. That was genuinely scary to me as a kid. Pinocchio was dark for sure, but watching it now, that whole Pleasure Island sequence just makes me really sad. Well, it wasn't even like the whole thing. It's just when Chadwick, Chipwick, Lampwick, Lampwick went and Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman turned is in Pinocchio in 1940. Uh, no, but when uh, Lampwick turns, yes, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. Oh, jeez, but we're we're gonna get there, kids. I guess the way that Pinocchio is so different from Snow White, particularly at this time, is because this has just been the year of Pinocchio. I feel like this happens every so often where an older property is remade, and once that happens, there are other people out there in Hollywood land that all kind of glom on to that train and try to you know what i mean they all come out with different movies all around the same time well yeah of course there's a weird trend in hollywood where two studios will somehow make like the same movie six months apart and you're like what the hell happened yes if you want to connect it through a disney example the one that first comes to mind for me is bug's life and ants with a z (laughs) Uh, i believe I don't remember which came out first, but whichever one came out first was actually the one that copied the other one, but they just came out with it quicker, which makes me think that it's Ants, because Ants looks like absolute dog shit. I think Ants did come out first, if I remember correctly. That would make sense, because it looks unfinished. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I have no intention of watching it again. (laughs) I really have no intention of watching Bugs Life again either. Bugs Life is good. It's it's whatever. Maybe we'll have to do a Pixar thing at some point down the road. So we can talk about like other adaptations that came earlier, but let, let's start off talking about the ones that came out in 2022, because yes. there's three prominent ones this year. Let, let's go from best to worst, shall we? Let's do that. There's a stop motion Pinocchio that was directed by Guillermo del Toro that seems very, 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 very likely to be winning the Best Animated Feature yeah. Oscar this year, which makes me very happy. I watched it on Netflix. So did Scott. I loved it. Scott liked it just fine. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's got a lot of Del Toro's staples to it. Fascism is bad. Yes, um, that's, yeah. <laughs> there's some scary shit in there. Uh, like, it's Del Toro's bag, and it it fits quite well in the universe. Yes. The only thing I have that's, like, a real issue for me is, even though I liked it, I don't know if the movie is actually memorable. I will sort of agree with you in the sense that the music is in no way, shape, or form memorable at all. But however, I really did like the story and I liked the animation. And of course, me being me, I loved that Ewan McGregor played the cricket, even though he's not called Jiminy Cricket in that movie. Yeah, isn't he called like JC or something? He's Sebastian J. Cricket, I believe. Yes, that's it. (laughs) JC. JC Chavez. He's a member of NSYNC and a cricket on the side. But um, yeah, I genuinely love that movie. I believe I gave it a four out of five stars on Letterboxd. I, I loved it and I can't wait to watch it win because it's been sweeping the award season so far. I can't wait to watch it win the Oscar. Yeah. Now, the next two we're going to talk about, I'm the only one that watched them because I hate myself. and I <laughs> But I hate myself enough to do proper research for Shoot the Flick. Scott, however, has this thing where he likes himself and he doesn't want to watch bad movies. I 
I, however, love you guys enough to torture myself. So, um, the Disney Plus live action version of Pinocchio that came out. It's which, terrible. Which was recommended. Like, when you type in Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. He didn't even know that existed. He's like, wait, this doesn't look right. I'm like, Scott, that's the new one. What new one? <laughs> the Disney new one. There's a Disney new one with Tom Hanks? Yes. Yes, you fool. I don't even remember that being advertised. Oh, my God. It was. the Okay. So, when I remember when this was announced, right? And the thing is, guys, listen. I know Disney's thing now is live action remakes. And most of them are not good. I like the Beauty and the Beast one. Don't fucking judge me, okay? I watched it in the theater and I cried like a little bitch. Yeah, it was, I thought it was, it was fun. <laughs> so don't judge me. But um, other than that, they've pretty much all been um, bad. I heard the first <laughs> Maleficent was okay. I don't know. I wouldn't know. But anyway, Pinocchio, I was like intrigued when it was announced. Mostly just because of the cast. Like Tom Hanks with Geppetto. Cynthia Revo, it was the Blue Fairy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Jiminy Cricket. Okay. It's it's a fucking I don't even All Star. You guys, like I don't it's not good. Okay. The child is insufferable, not to blame the child because not for nothing the child actor in this film is pretty much insufferable. We'll get there. But um I didn't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket. The voice was a little much after a while. Tom Hanks tried really hard to keep up an Italian accent for the first 20 minutes. And then after that, just sounded like an alcoholic. They added new songs. Why? I couldn't tell you a single one. Luke Evans is in it. And he has a song. Yeah, he plays the coachman that sends them all to Pleasure Island. he literally has a song about peer pressure it felt like i was watching an after school special it's bad guys the fucking puppet cries in it and i'm like where where are your tear ducts where are they but then i forgot apparently in this movie the puppet cries too and it's like but it's a cartoon so you can forgive that this is supposed to be live action yeah it it makes it worse in this we made that reference here too where we're watching it like you have no tear ducts you have no lungs you are wooden. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever seen the movie, and this is a deep cut, but if you've ever seen the movie Zoe, Z-O-E, um, it's like, I think it's on Amazon Prime or something. It stars Ewan McGregor. It's an indie movie starring Ewan McGregor, so I've watched it. It's basically the love interest in the movie is a robot, and at the end of the movie, she cries, and it's supposed to be like a symbolism for, oh, she's real because she can cry. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me of that, but it's that's actually a good movie. But anyway, I'm getting off track here. The point is, the Disney live-action remake of Pinocchio is bad. Don't watch it. Don't be like me. Don't be stupid. <laughs> um, and then last, but very, very, very much so least, we have Pinocchio. <laughs> a true story. Um, this is a Russian direct-to-DVD animated film starring... Paulie Shore yeah. as Pinocchio and John Heater as a horse. That's it. <laughs> um, it pretty it went viral this past year for being so bad it's good. I did watch it by myself, which made it less so bad it's good. But I, I did laugh a couple times at Paulie Shore's horrible voice acting. Father, tell me, when can I leave to be on my own? And I feel like if I watched it with other people. I would have laughed harder. So if you're going to watch that, uh, it's pretty much readily available to anyone that wants to watch it on the internet. Watch it with people and possibly get inebriated whilst doing so. So the point is, there's a lot of weird Pinocchio things happening this year. So the Shorasance isn't going to happen. You know, the Shorasance is not... It it doesn't look good. So we're not going to have three people possibly nominated for an Oscar for Encino Man. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> Kiwi Kwan, let's just talk about this. Kiwi Kwan and Brendan Fraser have a strong possibility of winning Oscars this year. 
which means Encino Man could have two Oscar-winning actors in it. And if you haven't listened to our Encino Man review or watched Encino Man the film, please do so. It's imperative that you do so because it's amazing. Once the Oscars are over, whoever owns Encino Man should re-release it and have on the top of the DVD. Yeah, absolutely. Starring award winner Brendan Fraser with award winner Kiwi Kwan. <laughs> so, oh, how do we get on Encino Man? Uh, um, so, but pull there, me sure. There are other Pinocchio remakes throughout the years because Pinocchio is, like Snow White, it, it's based on a very old uh, property. It was based on an Italian children's novel from the 1800s called The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi. I, I, I don't know if I've seen any other ones. I've definitely seen ads for them as a 90s kid who you know, inhaled a lot of media. For example, I told Scott about a Disney made-for-TV movie that came out in the year 2000, which is, you know, that's a hell of a year for cinema. Uh, it was called Geppetto, and it starred Drew Carey. Remember when Drew Carey was a thing? <laughs> and um, I believe Elaine from Seinfeld played the Blue Fairy. Remember when Seinfeld was a thing? Oh, God. What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah, Pinocchio is a hot commodity, I guess. Oh, God. It's so weird just imagining Drew Carey. It's weird. As Geppetto in any form. It's It's weird. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Like Snow White also, there's some interesting behind-the-scenes fun facts that I learned for the first time and am anxious to share with you all. So let's see what Disney and all of the nine old men have in store for us with 1940s Pinocchio. Scott, you ready to get to the nitty-gritty? Let us get into the nitty and the gritty. Alrighty, so uh, we open up with Jiminy Cricket singing When You Wish Upon a Star. He is our narrator for the film. And we open up on this Italian village in the 19th century. And we go to our friend Geppetto's house. Yes, we must break into Geppetto's house. Yes. Now, before we get to what happens at Geppetto's house, let me just say, Jiminy Cricket is voiced by a man named Cliff Edwards, who was a popular Broadway and jazz singer throughout the 20s and 30s. Uh, he also voiced one of the crows in Dumbo, but we don't need to talk about that. No, we don't need to talk. Just like we don't talk about Bruno, we, we don't talk about the crows in Dumbo. Yeah, every movie's got to have like one very bad stereotype, at least. This one is Italians, but we'll get there. Well, yeah, we'll definitely get there. But um, yeah, we also, like I said, we meet Geppetto. This uh, very sweet, white-haired old Italian gentleman who makes cuckoo clocks and things. And he was voiced by Christian Rubb. And just so you know, if you were thinking, ah, what a wholesome character Geppetto is, allow me to ruin your childhood because the man who voiced Geppetto, again, his name is Christian Rubb. He apparently was a Nazi sympathizer, you know, because the 40s. And <laughs> that just, you know, ruins that character a little bit for me. Every time I heard him speak, I just thought of a Nazi in a <laughs> voiceover booth saying these lines, and it made me feel icky inside. Yeah, it makes me think of Goldfinger a little bit too. But, like, watching Geppetto paint Pinocchio and, like, live his life here... I understand why every movie basically since then has painted Geppetto as a sad old man. Yeah, they don't really reference it in this movie, but in both the Disney live-action version and the GDT version, they make reference to the fact that Geppetto has lost a son, and that's why he is making this puppet boy and dancing him around and wishes for him to be a real boy. But in this movie, it just comes off as weird. <laughs> No, it's still a little sad. Yeah, because he's like dancing around with like, oh, Pinocchio. You know, <laughs> like, he's Aw. he's dancing around ignoring his cat. Figaro. And looking at his weirdly feminine fish. We we do meet like the cute animal sidekick type characters in this movie. Uh, they don't talk like some other animal sidekicks that we get in the future. But uh, we get Figaro and Cleo, 
which Cleo's the goldfish, and Figaro is the cat, and he's a cute little cat you ever did see, and he's voiced by Clarence Nash, who voiced Donald for like 50 years until his death in the 80s. But I just wanted to mention that Figaro apparently was Walt Disney's like favorite character from this film. He wanted him in the film as much as humanly possible, which like kind of comes across because later in the movie, I mean, again, this isn't really spoiler territory. We're talking not, about Pinocchio. Right. It's a movie from a million years ago. But um, when Geppetto goes to look for Pinocchio, who's been lost the whole day, he brings the cat and the fish with him to look for Pinocchio, which doesn't really seem like it's a necessary thing, but he does because we like the cat and the fish. The fish has pretty long eyelashes and red sultry lips for reasons. (laughs) And it's about to sing, go into the car wash. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong. uh... Oh, no. (laughs) Wrong fish, wrong fish. But another thing we learn about our characters in this movie, we learn something a little interesting about Jiminy. He is all about that pussy. (laughs) Oh, it's not the pussy. It's that ass. Yeah, this movie, like Snow White, also leads with the ass a lot. Oh, yeah. It really does. Like, Jiminy enters uh, Geppetto's home, and he's got little figurines everywhere and cuckoo clocks and music boxes, all this little knickknacks, right? And, and the amount of times he just happens to find himself with a, a little cricket hand on some figurine lady's ass or dancing with a lady figurine... And even later, there's like a puppet show going on and he Jiminy's supposed to be very upset. But then he sees female puppets with short skirts on showing off some leg and he gets all, ooh, baby, baby. Jiminy, you can't do anything with these. They are wooden toys and puppets. And even when the Blue Fairy shows up, who is human... He gets all Twitter padded for her, too. Like, every female he encounters in this movie, whether living or not... Gets his dick hard. And, like, sir, you could never... <laughs> like, I don't know anything about cricket anatomy. I don't want to know. But, like, something tells me, no, sir. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. So we, we've met all our characters here. We've even met our little puppet boy, Pinocchio. But um, that night... Geppetto wishes upon the wishing star. Oh, yeah. After making his cat open the window. Oh, that was so weird. That was cruel almost. So they, they're laying down in bed, right? Geppetto is in his big boy bed. And then Figaro, like the cat that he is, has a little cat bed on the floor. Geppetto's bed is right next to the window. And Figaro's little cat bed is on the ground, like on the side somewhere. And Geppetto's like, ah, oh, Figaro. I f- you forgot to open the window. And he's like, why don't you just get up off your ass and open it yourself? You're right there. But no, little tiny kitty cat Figaro has to like jump over the bed and then get on the windowsill and open it up and stretch out. Almost fell on his ass. It's like a whole, like, what are you doing? Is this how you make your cat child pay rent? You have to have him open the window at his own physical peril every night. But I digress. Yeah, so now we wish upon the star. We wish for Pinocchio to be a real boy. And then, of course, the blue fairy comes and makes Pinocchio a real boy and makes Jiminy Pinocchio's conscience. Oh, yeah. Jiminy gets like a whole makeover and he's like, well, wait, what about my fancy bling? I don't want to get bling for this shit. (laughs) And also, it's funny, too, because the fairy, she says to Pinocchio, who's just now been like essentially born like for the first time she says to him like oh geppetto wished for you to be a real boy so here i am granting his wish and he goes so i'm a real boy (laughs) no pinocchio (laughs) like the way she says it she's like oh no you fucking idiot (laughs) no you bitch of course you're not a real boy you have to prove yourself to be brave unselfish and something else basically oh and truthful that's that's the thing with the nose that's truthful we got to be truthful yes so once you prove all those things then you can be a real boy pinocchio at least has the face of like a boy kind of in this where like del toro's pinocchio is a monster no it's a a fucking monster 
Well, okay, they all, well, except for Geppetto, because he's human, but, like, they don't all look great. Like, they look like Guillermo del Toro machinations. They don't, he doesn't look like a little boy, a typical little boy in the Guillermo del Toro one, but I don't think he looks grotesque. Well, he starts by walking around like a spider. Before we move on, I wanted to mention the voice of Pinocchio is Dickie Jones. That's right, Dickie Jones. Dickie! And uh, he was 11 at the time of casting. And uh, it shows, I mean, we were kind of arguing about whose voice is more annoying, Snow White's or Pinocchio's. Snow White. I don't know. Snow White. It's not even even the contest. I don't know. I feel like they both have their annoyingness. (laughs) I think it's kind of a toss-up. No, it, it's not. But we'll let well, you... Well, okay, you go ahead and be sexist then. Anyway, just remember, <laughs> everyone, Scott's a sexist. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket um, basically has a little sit-down with Pinocchio, and he's like, hey, I'm your conscience. I'm going to help you out, man. And we get our second song of the movie, Give a Little Whistle. And this is the one that Scott didn't really remember. No, I, I didn't remember this one at all. I just remember the chorus. Give a little whistle. Give a little whistle. And, and always, always let your, your conscience be your guide. Well, I, I kept laughing because as Pinocchio tries to whistle, I'm like, you don't have lips. Well, to be fair, I can't whistle and I have lips, so. But you don't have lips and you don't have lungs. Those are two things that are needed to probably whistle. Listen, the, the logistics of this movie don't exist, Scott, okay? It's a Disney movie. And all, like, just... It, this is a tiny thing to bring up. There's no other times where things seem particularly preachy and or churchy in this movie. But they talk a lot about temptation in this particular song. And like Jiminy basically says, you know, there are times where life will give you temptations, but you have to follow your conscience. Like a pretty lady, you know, temptations. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Jiminy. <laughs> You know, you little... What were we calling him in the movie? Cricket slut? Yeah, cricket slut. Because at first I called him a man slut. I'm like, oh, no, wait, you're not a man. So cricket slut. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. That, like... That whole part about, te- I guess it's just the vernacular, the the word choice of temptations it makes it sound a little churchy, but it's preachy in the sense that it wants to tell kids to do good things, which isn't a bad message, I guess, but still. No, it's not a bad message, but eventually Pinocchio does crash to the floor, waking Geppetto from his slumber. Oh, God. He starts shaking. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh no, here comes the musket. The guy pulls a musket out from under his pillow. Is that the freaking musket? Yeah, it's a freaking musket. Ah. He's sleeping on a musket. Uh-huh. Why, Joe, why are you saying that? Like, it's weird, Scott. It's not, like, flat. It's That's got to be uncomfortable. Your pillow's probably made out of hay. Well, anyway, the next morning, uh, Geppetto <laughs> decides he's going to take this abomination and put him in school. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a, before we even get there, that night he picks up Pinocchio and is like, wait, you can talk? And like 10 seconds later, he's fine with it. Yeah. The only Geppetto that I've seen that has it, like reacted like someone would is the Del Toro Geppetto. Del Toro did a good job. In this movie, Geppetto's like, oh, for like maybe five seconds. And he's like, oh, Pinocchio, (laughs) my boy. (laughs) Tomorrow morning, it's off to school. And it's like he just became alive like an hour ago. He doesn't even know what school is. Like what? He doesn't know what school is. I don't even know if he technically sleeps. Yeah, like we were, you know, again, we were thinking about it way too logically for this movie. We were like, does he eat? Does he sleep? Does he shit? We don't know anything about this boy. I feel like there's questions we need answered before we just, oh, I'm going to send you off to school. The GDT Pinocchio movie is like leaps and bounds ahead of the Disney live action remake. So when I say I want to give the tiniest bit of credit, I'm obviously talking about the Disney live action remake. And I do want to give it a tiny bit of credit because if I remember correctly, it seemed like they had at least a day or two together just being a family before 
Geppetto was like, let me send you off to school, my boy. However, both in that movie and in this one, and hell, even in the GDT one, they just send Pinocchio off to school and just expect him to go <laughs> and nothing to go wrong, which was foolish. And nothing can go wrong. Oh, no, it all went wrong. Do you not know this boy? He is tiny boy full of mischief. The boy has been alive. Yes, for, for five seconds. For five seconds. <laughs> Can you not take the time to walk him to the school and at least explain yes. to the teacher who is now going to care for this wooden child? Right, yes. Like, hey, I, this is, I know this is a weird thing. He's a puppet. He came to life. I don't really know how he came to life, but he's alive now. Can you just let him sit in the back of the classroom and have him learn? Because the thing is, again, in regards to the Disney live-action one, Tom Hanks, again, does not go with him to the school, Pinocchio, but Pinocchio in that live-action one actually does get to the school, and he goes inside and immediately gets kicked out on his ass by the teacher saying, well, you're a puppet, what the fuck? No, children learn here, you're not a real boy, which, like, is a dick thing to do, right, in the sense of fuck you you're a, a speciesist maybe i don't know as a wooden boy different species i don't know it's fine the point is you're an asshole right but also like did you not think that that could possibly happen did you possibly not think that another human adult being would think that this wooden talking boy is like possessed by the devil like wh- how would you not think that that might be a problem <laughs> Okay, so in this version of Pinocchio, the 1940s version, you know, the one we're actually reviewing, Geppetto sends Pinocchio off to school, la-di-da-di-da, and he gets essentially human trafficked within his first day of life. (laughs) By the only humanoid animals in the movie. Yes. Okay, so we, we have Honest John who is a fox man, and Gideon, who is a cat man. Now, we're going to talk about them specifically in just a second, but I want to mention that they were like halfway into their first scene in the movie before Scott was like, hmm, why are they a fox and a cat? And I just said, Scott, don't worry about it. And he's like, oh, okay. And then life continued on. You know why that is, Scott? Because it's a fucking cartoon and no one bats an eye at humanoid animals that talk in a fucking cartoon. In the live action remake, (laughs) they decided instead of having Keegan-Michael Key in the role of Honest John as, you know, himself they decided to make a cgi fox man and just make keegan michael key voice that guy and it looks insane because it's supposed to be live action foxes in real life don't stand on two legs and talk to you and wear a top hat okay and a cane so why couldn't you just make keegan michael key honest john as a human being i don't know disney doesn't nobody knows even tom hanks doesn't know i had to show up here and talk to a tennis ball that's supposed to be a little boy why can't keegan michael key do it Hmm. because because hmm? he was too busy trying to figure out what the fox says oh gosh uh, no <laughs> no i'm not putting that clip in no <laughs> no what does the fox say anyway <laughs> god damn it scott <laughs> oh god okay. um in this movie i just This is a great behind-the-scenes little fuckery, and I just can't wait to share it with you. Ready for this? Yes, hit me, hit me. Okay, so first things first, Honest John is voiced by a dude named Walter Catlett, but that doesn't matter. Who gives a fuck about him? Gideon, the cat who is mute, except for like a couple of hiccups here and there, has a voice actor. Okay. That had dialogue originally. Ah. And recorded said dialogue ah. in the film. Okay. You see. I see. I but see. then, for some reason, they decided, oh, no, no, no. This character's going to be mute. So they deleted all of the dialogue, except for a couple of hiccups 
that I actually, I think there's three in the whole film. Now, do you want to know who the voice actor was that voiced Gideon, the cat man, who was then deleted and muted? Yes, let me hear. Who was it? Maybe you've heard of him. I don't know. Um, Mel Blanc? <laughs> Mel Blanc. If you don't know who Mel Blanc is, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Looney Tunes guy. Basically, think of any Looney Tunes character in your head. And nine times out of ten, it's played by Mel Blanc. And they deleted all of his dialogue. So you you could have had Mel Blanc, but you <laughs> Scott's still speechless. But you deleted his dialogue. I I I I don't even know what to say. Isn't that insane? It's the most insane thing I think I've ever heard. It's so crazy that you had arguably one of the most iconic voice actors mm-hmm. in history. Yes. They had him, and they just let him basically walk out the door with free hiccups. I thought you'd find that entertaining. My mind is broken a little bit. Well, that's okay. We're we're not even halfway through the movie, Scott. I know. <laughs> we have a song to get to with Honest John and not Mel Blanc. <laughs> we also learned something very interesting here. Uh, this is the start of this movie's complete obliteration and character assassination of actors in general. Oh, yeah. He really hates actors. Because Honest John and Gideon essentially want to take Pinocchio and sell him to one of our villains in this movie named Stromboli, who is a uh, a puppeteer, essentially. He, he runs this big marionette show. Can you guess by his name, Stromboli, that he's Italian? I know. We're going to fucking get to that. But... <laughs> So the plan is for them to kidnap this wooden child and sell him on the black market, essentially. And they do that by convincing him he could be a star. He could be an actor. Ah, And then they sing High Diddle Dee Dee, an actor's life for me. But yeah, it's interesting because not just here, but throughout the whole rest of the film, every time they bring up actors, there's even one line specifically that comes to my mind. Where Pinocchio, he, he's already escaped Stromboli by this point. Him and Jiminy are running away and he just goes, I'd rather be smart than be an actor. And it's like, what the fuck? Why do you hate actors? So- Something tells me that Walt Disney wanted to be an actor at some point and failed miserably. And now he's got like a chip on his shoulder towards actors. It would also explain why he doesn't give any credit to his voice actors <laughs> In the in the earlier films also. That would explain that. But, uh, yeah, he does kind of get swept up with um, Honest John and Gideon. And at this point, Scott's, like, looking, like, wait, where's Jiminy Cricket? You know, Pinocchio's conscience? And lo and behold, like, literally the next scene is Jiminy being like, oh, running out of the house, putting on his clothes. Oh, no, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. And he's like, I forgot. I'm overslept. I'm coming, Pinocchio. I suck at my job. <laughs> and then he gets there and he tries to convince Pinocchio to leave. And like, okay, here's what you do. You just say politely, no, thank you, and go to school and just just go about your business and do what your dad told you to do and go to school. And then he's like, okay, Pinocchio, do it. And then he's like, okay, bye, Jiminy. I'm going to be an actor now. <laughs> And he's like, wait, what the fuck? And then comes the most iconic song of this movie. Well, no. That would be When You Wish Upon a Star. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be... No. 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 I have no strings no, to hold me down. That's not more iconic than When You Wish Upon a Star. Hello. Which one was in the Marvel movie? What does that mean? I'm just saying. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't give a fuck. Who sings it better, Pinocchio or Ultron? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, neither. Can we say neither? So, yes, he's performing for Stromboli. And Stromboli is just the most Italianist stereotype that ever Italian. He's just a big guy. <laughs> he's a big, angry... Yeah, he gets mad a lot and violent with Pinocchio, and he did that. But then, but then, but then, it's like the Family Guy bit where he's like, <laughs> "You can't just talk Italian because you have a mustache." Oh my god, it's terrible. But anyway, uh, he's performing and he sings 
admittedly an iconic song, I've Got No Strings On Me, but not more iconic than fucking When You Wish Upon A Star. Fuck you. <laughs> I'll die on that hill. Pinocchio becomes successful. Everyone loves him. And Jiminy's like, well, I guess I fuck this up. I'm going to go cry in a corner. But then when Pinocchio tries to leave and go home to his father, Stromboli traps him in a birdcage. And Jiminy comes back and he's like, I'm going to get you out of here, Pinocchio. And the blue fairy shows up. Ah, yes. Which I didn't remember that. I remembered her being in the beginning of the movie. And then I don't remember her coming back until like the end. But yeah, she showed up again. I forgot. And she's basically like... Oh, Pinocchio, why didn't you go to school? Like, very facetious. Like, what happened to you? (laughs) Like, she doesn't already know. Yeah, and he proceeds to lie. And uh, there's no real reason for him to lie. Well, he's a little boy and he doesn't want to get in trouble. But he doesn't know what trouble really is. Yes, he does. He's been alive for 12 hours. He knows that he's done something he's not supposed to do. But Jiminy is literally telling him, just tell her the truth. Right. But he's a little boy and he's scared of getting in trouble. (laughs) He's locked in a cage already. Well. What more trouble can he be in? I hear what you're saying, but children aren't always the most rational people in the world, you see. You have to concede that. Uh, Yes, I concede that. But still. So what I find interesting about this is like, What's what's the first thing you think of when you think of Pinocchio? His nose grows when he lies. Right. So it, it it interests me in this movie that it's just this one-off bit in this one scene, almost 50 minutes into this 90-minute long film, and then it's over in one second and never comes up again. Like, he lies to the Blue Fairy and his nose grows, and then the Blue Fairy's like, well, you see, Pinocchio, a lie can just grow and grow and grow until it gets out of control. And that's like the lesson of the whole thing. And she's like, listen, I'll help you this one last time, but that's it. You're on your own after this. And she shrinks his nose back and unlocks the birdcage and then him and Jiminy escape. Even though that's a lie, but we'll get there. Oh, what, that she never helps him again? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That That is true. But anyway, it's fine. Don't worry about it, Scott. It's fine. <laughs> movie. But yeah, it's in this movie, it's just like a one-off bit. You would think with how prevalent the image of Pinocchio's nose growing is, it would be in more of the movie, which is why I appreciate that it is in more of the movie in Guillermo del Toro's version. Yes. I do want to bring up, though, because... We- at one point, randomly, his nose grows and birds just appear. Oh, yeah, that was weird. I'm like, what is those birds' memories? That's a fair question. But then they just yeah, they fly away and go live their little bird lives. Just saying. They it. probably go off and make other little bird babies. So after escaping one disaster, which, by the way, only happened because of Anishan and Gideon... Guess what happens again, Scott? They, he runs right back into Honest John and Gideon. Oh, my God. <laughs> who are now working for... This weird coachman that kind of looks like if a sheep were a man. I, I it's, it feels like there's two sheep on top of each other wearing a coat <laughs> and a hat. But, yeah, he, this is another human trafficker who wants young boys. Yeah, that was creepy. They ha- He has a whole scene... With Anishan and Gideon where he's like telling them, okay, I need young boys, stupid boys. They're my favorite. And it's like gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also just another random joke is they meet this coachman at Red Lobster. Oh, uh, the Red Lobster Inn. Yes. Which I don't think existed in 1940 Red Lobster. So that's kind of funny. So there's no cheddar biscuits? No, no, oh, not today. Wow. Not in 1940. <laughs> I think Hitler banned those. <laughs> But Honest John and Gideon once again tap Pinocchio and Jiminy is nowhere to be found. Of course not. And they recruit these little boys to Pleasure Island, which is essentially an island where little boys can do whatever the fuck they want to do. They can break shit. They can play pool, the devil's game, pool. And they can... Right uh, here in River City. They can drink. Oh, my God. We, like, burst into freaking Music Man when they played pool in this movie <laughs> jiminy comes in at one point and he's like you're playing pool like a common hoodlum and it's like oh you got trouble my friend <laughs> right trouble here. right here in the river city 
With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. That stands for pool. We surely got trouble. We surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Right here. Our children's children just going to have trouble. If you were like a middle school or high school kid that did theater, I would bet at least eight out of ten of you have done Music Man in your life at a school play. And God bless. It's it's not the greatest. But anyway, we get on the little carriage to Pleasure Island. Pinocchio meets a little boy named Lampwick. And he's voiced by a kid named Frankie Darrow. Oh, Frankie. Hey, Frankie. I'm saying it like that because that's how this kid talks. And he basically seems like that's how he would talk by that name. Frankie Darrow. He seems like he should be in the Newsies. Or a Bronx Tale, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bronx Tale, too. <laughs> like, legit. So... Suddenly was standing there on the corner, you see. With Frankie Darrow. <laughs> so, yeah, the kids smoke cigars. They gamble. They drink. Jiminy is pissed, and he's like, fuck you, you jackass. They say jackass in this movie, you guys. Yeah, it's real ooh, shit. Boy. This is this is not for kids. It's funny, because on the synopsis for the movie on Disney+, Plus, it says, warning, tobacco depictions. But it doesn't say anything about them saying the word jackass. I guess because technically jackass. I mean, it's a donkey, but still. Hmm. Something tells me if a kid watched that today, it's, oh, they said jackass. Shut up, kid. But yes, eventually, you know, as the story, as old as time, depicts this evil coachman sells these kids who eventually turn into donkeys because temptations. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, He sells all these donkey kids for slave labor. And this scene gets really sad. Like Jiminy, when he storms off, he pokes his head in this big like barn type area where all these little donkeys are. And the coachman, like, grabs one of these donkeys with little boy's clothes on. He's like, what's your name? And he's like, my name's Alexander. And he's like, get out of here. This one can still talk. And it's like, oh, my God, they're all crying. He's like, I want to go home to my mama. I was like, oh, this is so sad. I can't take it. Yeah, it's really rough. Part of me was like, how does this happen? Yeah, well, I think it's just accepted in this universe that magic exists because in the beginning, when Pinocchio tells Geppetto that the blue fairy came and made me a real boy, he doesn't seem at all surprised by the existence of a blue fairy. He's like, oh, the blue fairy was here? Cool. Like, she seems really nice. (laughs) Like, I was meaning to have her over for a cup of tea or, you know, what do they have in Italy? Negroni. I don't know. (laughs) San Pellegrino. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> that he seemed very uh, unaffected by the blue fairy being a thing. So I think it's just accepted that magic exists. Therefore, dark magic also exists. Therefore, kids turn into donkeys sometimes. What's the big to-do? So you're saying there's a time devil like in Big. Sure. Although I think Big is a little more wholesome than this <laughs> 1940s children's film. But yeah. <laughs> Yes, Lampwick, Pinocchio's new BFF, he starts transforming into a donkey. And even Pinocchio starts getting a little donkey laugh and he sprouts the little ears and tail. And Jiminy helps Pinocchio escape. It's too late for Lampwick. He's already donkeyfied. And it's, again, really sad. It, it always kind of bothered me in Pinocchio that he just leaves and all these boys are left to just suffer and not that it's Pinocchio's fault he is a child and even Jiminy like what what are they gonna do to stop this thing but it's just really sad they never mention it again after they leave you would like to think that at some point after the end of this movie when he's reunited with Geppetto he goes hey there's this place where they take kids and they turn them into donkeys I know I was gone for like 24 hours but, like, this is bad. Yeah, mind you, all of this has happened in one day. Like, dude, come on. Come on, Pinocchio. But, yeah, I don't think that happens. <laughs> I think Pinocchio's just like, oh, father, I'm home and everything is wonderful now. Look, I have donkey ears. It's so funny. Like, he literally, when he finally does see Geppetto again, Geppetto's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why do you have donkey ears? And he's like, oh, it's okay, father. I've got a tail, too. Isn't it funny? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, no, it's really not funny. (laughs) It's really fucked up. Like, what are you doing? 
But yeah, again, I do appreciate in the Guillermo del Toro version that at least they do kind of give their version of Lampwick, who is called Candlewick, which somehow makes even less sense as a name for a child. But I digress. They give that character some kind of redemption. And I think he dies in that movie. It's 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 what's the word where it's like up in the air. Um. It's ambiguous, but, you know, probably dead. Probably dead. <laughs> the reason we don't think about it much, because right afterwards, the guy comes to try and crucify Pinocchio. It's a whole thing. It's a lot, but it's a really good movie. <laughs> it's really good. Anywho. So, yes, after yet another disaster, Pinocchio and Jiminy return home. And they find out that Geppetto has gone after Pinocchio to try to find him presumably on Pleasure Island somehow, and then he got swallowed by a monstro. How did they figure this out? Because a seagull comes down and brings a magical letter from the Blue Fairy saying so. Yeah, you know, because the Blue Fairy won't help anymore. She won't help anymore. Yeah. yeah. No more help. This is the last time. They look into the house uh, Pinocchio and Jiminy and this is where it gets kind of confusing and they kind of explain this in the live action version that this is how it's supposed to be supposedly when they look in the house the house is completely bare all the cuckoo clocks and stuff all the knickknacks are gone and the assumption is that Geppetto sold all of these things to get a boat so he could sail on the open sea and go find his boy but Spoiler alert for the end of the movie. We get to the end of the movie and everything is a happy ending, right? And all of the stuff is there again in the house. The clocks, the knickknacks, everything is still there. So the implication is that either, no, he didn't sell everything and I, he just packed everything away on this boat, maybe? He, he, he pawned it. Or, yeah, maybe he pawned it. Or or he did sell everything, but then went to every single person that he sold the stuff to and got it all back. Because, hey, I got my kid back. I don't need this boat anymore. So can I have my stuff back, please? Oh, can we get our boat back? Uh, it's kind of... Can, can I get my money back? No, we sold it. We got the boat. So, I mean, just give it back out of the goodness of your heart, maybe? The boat's kind of in a whale? Continuity is a little confusing, but it's fine because 1940 children's film... Anyway, <laughs> Pinocchio and Jiminy go into the sea looking for Geppetto and the cat and the fish also, which are in the whale monstro. And this is the part of the movie that kind of drags on a little bit because they spend a lot of time just in the ocean. Oh, yeah. They kind of just, just looking. Not only that, but they ask multiple fish. Oh my god, so many fish. Hey, have you seen Monstro and the fish freak out and run away? Jiminy and Pinocchio, I think, each do this like three times. Yeah, and it's like we don't, we get it. We don't need that that many times to get the message that Monstro be scary. Well, yeah, and I also, I did want to look up a Monstro. Monstro's a giant sperm whale. I just wanted to look it up and I thought that was really cool. Oh, why? Because you think sperm's a funny word to say? No, I, I only looked it up because... I'm like, oh, don't whales eat krill, not fish? I'm like, and then I looked up what monster was, and sperm whales do eat fish, octopus, ah, sharks, and like ah, a bunch of shit. Okay. I thought you were being like an immature little boy, like, <laughs> sperm. <laughs> that's what I, I just assumed that's what you were doing. Ha 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 ha. Sperm. Ha 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 ha. Dead ass. <laughs> So yeah, after this kind of long oceany sequence, we finally get to Monstro and we get inside Monstro and we reunite with Geppetto and Figaro and Cleo, which, okay, Cleo especially would be dead by this point because Cleo is a fucking goldfish and last time I checked, I'm not an oceanographer, but the fucking ocean has salt water and salt water would kill a goldfish, yes? Well... It depends what type of fish it is, but oh, yes. Oh, fuck off. It's a fucking goldfish from, like, the fair. Yeah, he, the fish would probably be dead. Just because it's a sexy goldfish doesn't mean it can survive, like, saltwater poisoning, okay? 
But um, Pinocchio has the idea to basically start a fire inside Monstro's belly to get him to sneeze. And weirdly similarly to Snow White with the actual character of Sneezy, Monstro has Marvel superhero level sneezes. So eventually, yes, Geppetto, Pinocchio, and the gang, they all get ejected from Monstro's belly. Yes, they do escape finally. Pinocchio drags Geppetto's unconscious body and avoids the giant whale swimming at him. Because, you know, wooden boy faster than giant whale, just saying. Oh, don't get me started on that. The way they do it in the live action one is laughable. It's so stupid. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I won't even get into it. So finally, they all crash onto the beach. They're like, oh my god, we're safe. Where the fuck's Pinocchio? Oh, Pinocchio fucking drowned. Yeah, he's face down in the water, which doesn't make any sense. Because literally, ten fucking minutes ago, Pinocchio was just walking around under the water, living life, having a grand old time, talking to fish and shit. And now he's just, you know, dead because he drowned in an inch of water (laughs) on the beach. Like, what? Excuse me. Excuse me, the continuity, there is none, hello, but none of that matters because we're supposed to be sad now. We're heading another Disney death where we think our character is dead, but he's really not dead because Pinocchio's laying out on the bed all dead and shit and Geppetto's crying and Jiminy's crying and the fucking cat and the fish are crying. (laughs) And then finally, he turns into a real boy. Yay! And he goes, Father, I'm alive. No, and you're dead, Pinocchio. Oh. I'm drunk. I can't, I'm seeing things. <laughs> no, he's high. He smokes that pipe in the he beginning does of the movie. Smoke that pipe. He like hotboxes his little cottage for sure. Oh, he's high be, as fuck. Imagine this whole movie is just a fucking drug dream. None of this actually happens. But yes, we all are celebrating now because Pinocchio's a real boy, and we end the movie on. Jiminy getting his gold conscience badge which like do you really think you earned a gold badge maybe maybe a silver one or a bronze perhaps but not not a gold one there yeah, Jiminy because c- you know your ward died he did and he escaped you multiple times and did bad things and you let him go out and you overslept your you first let him day. be an actor how could you do that what the fuck is wrong with you Jiminy but uh, we end on a reprise of When You Wish Upon a Star, and that is Pinocchio. It is. And Pinocchio was better than Snow White. Yes, and I, I think the public would agree with you as well, because while Snow White, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, has a 98% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Pinocchio has a solid 100% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I I wouldn't go that far for me personally. I mean, it's an iconic film. I I love it. It's probably my favorite in the golden era. But yeah, I gave it a three out of five stars. That that was my rating before rewatching it. And that's where it's at right now. So yeah, it's a solid golden era Disney film. I also gave it a three out of five. Solid all the way around for the most part. And a good time. It's got its problems, but it's better in a lot of aspects than a Snow White or a Dumbo. Like, the music's a lot better. The animation's really good. You know, Jiminy is an iconic Disney character. When You Wish Upon a Star, iconic Disney song that has lasted throughout all of time. So, yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with a little Pinocchio. However... If you haven't seen the Guillermo del Toro version, it is very good. It's maybe a little darker and more adult, maybe, than this one, but it's still really good. Yes. And don't watch the Tom Hanks version, please. Or the Pauly Shore version. Well, that's obvious. I noticed we didn't reference the Pauly Shore one one goddamn time while we were going through the plot because it literally has nothing to do with Pinocchio, the fucking lore of that actual character. It's just, I don't even know what the hell that movie is, to be perfectly honest with you. It's just nonsense. Also, we haven't seen it, but you don't need to see the Drew Carey one either. 
No, I can't even remember if I actually saw that movie or just saw commercials for it so many times in the 90s. I felt like I've seen it. But either way, it wasn't a pleasant experience. I can tell you that for sure. So don't don't try to find that. I don't think even Drew Carey would want you to try to find that. So next week will be our Valentine's Day episode. Oh, yeah. Ooh la la. And it will be Scott's turn to show me a movie. Oh, God. What am I going to do? I don't know. Well, actually, I, I do know. We both know. Oh, yes, we do. Um, it, it is going to be a lovey-dovey romance film that I have never seen. I feel like some people might be a little surprised they've never seen it, but I haven't seen it, and I'm excited to watch it. So it should be fun and very lovey and very dovey. Yes, with some humor. Ah, isn't that the best way? Yes. Uh, until then, this has been Shoot the flick i'm frankie sparks and i'm scott eisenberg make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at shoot the flick and check out all our episodes on itunes spotify google podcast and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast and make sure you come back next week for our romantic googly-eyed movie adventure ha 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 sperm and your heart is in your dream